0: K M T T Kimitzion Teitzei Torah. Today is Wednesday. We have the weekly shiur on the philosophy of the Vilna Gaon and his school by Hava Bariakim Krumbein. Shalom. In our first shiur, we gave a general introduction to the Vilna Gaon, and we commenced with our first task in this series, which is an examination of the image of the Vilna Gaon as portrayed by his great Talmudim. I mentioned at the close of the previous year that the Grah in his lifestyle expressed many traditional religious values, but he did, he did, he did so in an interesting and challenging way. I would add now that perhaps he did it also sometimes in perplexing ways or even troubling ways. We'll soon see an example or two of this. We are looking at the introduction to the book Paata Shulchan, written by Rabbi Yisrael Mishklov, a prominent Talmud of the Gaon. In this uh, piece, which is a portrayal of the Master, Rabbi Yisrael Mishklov speaks about two aspects of the Vilna Gaon, HaGaon and HaChasid. We are now looking at stories which uh, typify the aspect of Chasidut. Rabbi Somi tells the following story. The Vilna Gon, of course, did nothing but learn, and he was given a stipend with which he could live, he and his family, by the community of Vilna. There was a certain Shamash whose job it was to bring the Gon this stipend every week. Now, it so happened that this Shamash at one point, decided that he would take the stipend for himself. Rabbi Shlomo says that this situation persisted for several years. Several years didn't the Gaon do anything about it? No. Nope. He writes as follows: Vlohi gid haGaon eshuma dam, the saval kolkach dochak, ad she ishto ha'tzedkinit im bana vaktanim, lo hayal hem ba'amel achiyot nafsham, uvat his wife came, the rebbitson came to complain. We don't have what to eat. Right? Take the kids over to the neighbors, and the children will very naturally ask uh, if they could have something from the meal that's, been, that's going on at the moment. And that's how they'll eat. Because he had perfect faith and in Hashem. he had perfect faith and in because he had perfect faith and in shamash, became sick, so for several years, according to this story, the Gaon's weekly stipend was withheld by a thief, and he didn't say anything about it, he just kept on learning. His wife and children were hungry, and he didn't do anything about it. This story is portrayed here as, as typifying the Gaon's great piety, his great pitachon and and his unwillingness to cause disgrace to this uh, scoundrel of a shamash. The story also portrays the God's great Dvekut to Talmud Torah. Now, we read this story, we hear it, and I'm sure that in some of you it raises a certain question mark. His wife went hungry, his children went hungry. Didn't he have responsibility to do something? Uh, Now, there are a few more stories in this vein that are told about the Vilna Gaon. I'll tell you one more simple one. Uh, The Vilna Gaon had a nephew Upon his marriage, received a dowry gift of great value, silver. I don't know exactly what it was. And during the Shavuot, this gift was stolen. After the week, the week went, uh, was over, the chassan went to look for the for the uh, stolen goods, and he had reason to believe that they had been taken to Vilna. So he traveled off to Vilna to see if he could track it down. While in Vilna he went in to visit his uncle, the Gaon. After the formal greetings, the Gaon, of course, how happy he was to see him, he gave him azzelotov. He asked, what are you doing here in Vilna? And he told him, I came to look for this uh, stolen, valuable stolen gift, which was a considerable monetary loss. The Gaon's reaction was, you know, I'm very surprised that someone from our family will be Mavato Tamutara to go look for some stolen money of his. Now okay, once the goan said this we understand Tamutarak It's certainly much more important than any uh recovery of stolen property. But still uh someone can ask himself upon hearing this story, is this really what someone is supposed to do? He's supposed to forego what's coming to him, his monetary rights his worldly goods totally forgo them as long as he can go on learning. The children of the Vona Gaon, who wrote the introduction to the Beira Agra and Orachayim, they also give a laudatory portrayal of the Gaon. And they write that the Gaon spoke to them very sparingly. When they didn't live in Vilna, the Gaon never wrote them letters. And when they lived in Vilna, the Gaon never asked them how they were doing. How is the wife? How are the children? The conversations apparently within the family with the Gong were very sparing. All this because the Gong was totally devoted to Tamil Torah. The children of the Gong write, see how great the love of Torah is among those who fear Akarish Hu and are totally immersed and committed to Tamil Torah. The love of Torah is so great that it brushes away all other loves, even love of family, children, Now, I presume, again, that on the one hand, we can understand these stories, but on the other hand, we don't fully understand them. This ideal of such great commitment to Torah at the expense of, of all the other things which appear to be normal, natural, human activity, there's reason to believe that people, even in the time of Gaon and after his demise, they didn't fully understand it either. But nevertheless, these stories... Written by the Gaon's talmidim and by his children, they are written certainly with a purpose. The purpose is to portray the Gaon as not simply an ordinary gadol b'torah, not simply as a person about whom we can say lo sachsichat chulin mi'amav. In the case of the Gaon, this phrase lo sachsichat chulin mi'amav takes on new meaning. So the Gaon is not simply someone who we can say is at the upper end of the spectrum of gadol yisrael. But somehow, he's beyond the spectrum. He's above the whole spectrum. This can be seen in other stories also, which Rabbi Sromich goes on to tell. He writes, V'giyyatau b'torah ha'k'toshah en Sheyachozel Sh'yachozhe l'meot v'alafim kol perek on the one hand, such rapidity, such speed of, of grasping of Torah, he was able to, uh, review every parak, every masoch, hundreds and thousands of times quickly. On the other hand, his love of Torah was so great that he was capable of spending the whole night on one Mishnah, which he knew, but simply to go over it and over it and over it again. <laughs> he used to learn in the winter time in an unheated room. And he would have a bucket of water, cold water, in which he would put one foot to make sure that he wouldn't fall asleep. Let's go on from here to view another aspect of the Grah, not the chasidut but the Gaonut. And here again we'll see that the stories portray him as being something above, above and beyond the normal spectrum of Adolai Yisra'el. Ari Yisrael here tells the following story. I heard from a great rabbi uh, who heard once from the Vilna Gaon, it was before Sukkot, a few weeks before Sukkot, that uh, it's proper and fitting that every person should have one Masechta of the Talmud Bavli, that he should know by heart. The importance of this, said the Gaon, is that when you don't have a book in front of you, you won't be mavato Torah, you can go over this Masechet that you know by heart, or at night when it's dark. Now, when this rabbi heard the groan said it, he immediately went to fulfill it, so he went home and studied Sukkah thoroughly till he knew it as they say backwards and forwards, and and Sukkot, he came once again to the gra. And he said to him, Rabbeinu, I fulfilled what you said. I learned Masechet Sukkah by heart. The Grah, of course, was very happy. And he said, Oh, so you know Masechet Sukkah by heart. That's very nice. Do you mind if I ask you questions on Masechet Sukkah to test you, to see if you really know it? The rabbi said, Well, of course. He would certainly have been delighted to show show the Grah that he knew Masechet Sukkah thoroughly. But he said, any questions that you ask me, I'll certainly know, because I know Mishnah by heart. So the gra the gr- said, very well. Tell me, please, how many controversies are there in Masech between Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Tarafon? The rabbi who had studied Masech by heart was taken aback by this question, but there followed a whole string of questions of this nature. How many machlokot are there in Masechet Sukkah between Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Huda? Abaye and Rava, Raba and Rav Yosef? The Gra saw that the Rabbi didn't know the answer, so he supplied, supplied the answers for himself. By himself, he said how many, and he enumerated. These are the machlokot of Abaye and Rava. These are the machlokot of Rava and Rav Yosef. Rabbi Sami it's as if he was counting pearls. Of course, the knowledge that the Gra had of Masechet Sukkah was such. That he was totally familiar with every detail and he had gone over the Masechet and reordered it and categorized it and indexed it for himself in, in such, uh, we would say in such computerized, computer-like fashion that he was able to instantly answer the question, the, an- to give the answers to all these questions. Now the girl went on and said, do you know how many Sukkot p'sulot, examples of a, a sukkah with a p'sul, how many there are in Masech Sukkah? I'll tell you, there are kimyan, kiminyan sukkah chaser, the gemachia of the word sukkah, without a vav, which is 85, that's how many there are, and he went, proceeded to, to rattle them off. Not only that, said Dugra, but the number of sukkot k'sherot, special cases of sukkah, that are kasher in Masech Sukkah. There are Kaminyan Sukha, Malay, the Gamachi of the word Sukha, Willav. 91. And he proceeded to enumerate them. Of course, all this shows us the tremendous knowledge and unparalleled mastery that the Vilna Gaon had of Torah. Rabbi Stormishkov goes on to say, of course, this was not only Masechat Sukha that he knew in this way. He knew the whole Talmud Davi and the whole Talmud Yerushalmi, the Tosefta. All the Agadot. He all he knew all these in the same way. We see something here that the Gra apparently had a fascination of number with numbers and the power of numbers to categorize and index things. We are actually in possession of a certain uh, work that the Gra once composed. Uh, the story is that he wrote it when he wasn't feeling well. It's a list of uh, all the lists of twos, threes, fours, fives that there is that there are in all of the literature of Chazal. First he takes the number two and says how many things there are two of in the literature of Chazal. Then he takes the number three and does the same thing with the number three. But I want to get back a moment to this business of the uh, number of Sukkot k'sheot and Sukkot P'Sulot. How, how do we relate to this? The number of Sukkot P'Sulot is really K'nyan Sukkah Hasir. And the number of Sukkot Kshayot is K'Sukam Alei. Ale is 91. That's a number that has Kabbalistic significance. 91 is the gematria of the shem Havaya and the shem Adnut together. Now, of course, we don't know how the gra-, the gra exactly arrived at this Cheshlon, how we calculated the number of Sukkot. But this sounds to us like some kind of Hasidish Vort. In the case of the gra, this understanding, I believe, is totally mistaken. The Grah, in, in principle, didn't hold from Votlach. And I believe that the meaning of this, uh, of this assertion of Sukkah Male and Sukkah Haser is the transmission of the message of the emet, of the veracity of Torah. In Torah, everything works out. Things fit in. The De Grah demonstrated this idea in many different ways. Uh, Let's read another story here, which is told by Rabbi Yisrael Mishklov. He says that once the brother of Rabbi Chaim Vilzhen, or Rabzelmilu, as he was called, came to the Vilna Gaon, and he asked him a certain, about, certain Mishnah in Masechet Baitzah. At the end of the first parak in Masechet Beitza The Mishnah says, "Mishachin yeinot u'slatot u'shmanim vekitniot, avalot lo It's permitted to send gifts on Yom Foodstuffs, wine, oil, things that the person will be able to use on Yom Tov. Therefore, it's permitted also to send slatot, flour, because the person can bake on Yom Tov. Aval lo the Mishnah says. Because t'vua, the person will have to grind up, and you can't grind on Yom Tov. Rabbi Shimon Matir b Okay, that's the Mishnah. The difficulty is, why does it say Rabbi Shimon Matir b the Tanakhana said, Avalo bitvua. It should have just said, Rabbi Shimon Matir. Why does it say Bitwa? The word is superfluous. Rabbi Grav reports in the name of Rabzam Le Mivilna that the Gra answered instantaneously. He says this word bitwa alludes to what it says in the Tosefta, which the Gemara on, uh, on the Mishnah quotes. In other words, Rabbi Shimon, we won't get into the t- details here, but Rabbi Shimon isn't lenient uh, in every case. In the case where the t'vua that you send is usable by the person on Yom Tuf, then it's permissible. And that's why the Mishnah says, b'tvua, betoch Whereas The bet here implies that Rabbi Shimon doesn't, uh, uh, is not lenient in all cases, but bitvua. In some of the cases of tvuah, Rabbi Shimon is lenient. Uh, now, the point that I want to make here is that uh, the Gra answered this question immediately. Miyad And this is something which typifies many of the stories that are told about the Grah. People ask them questions in Torah. They always say, Huanam Yad. He answered right away. This answering right away is what Astonished so many people because it showed that the Gra really had totally, total mastery and he knew all the answers. The point here, once again, is not only that the Grah knew all the answers, that the Grah was so great that he knew everything, but that all the answers are there. One of the things which the Grah fought against was Pilpil. people were asking questions and giving answers which technically answered the question, but the person hearing the answer got the feeling this is not the truth, it's not the real answer. When the God gave an answer, the feeling was, this is the the real answer. This veracity of Torah, the emet of Torah, received this additional great dimension through the merit of the Vilna Gaon. The Gaon actually expressed this idea explicitly in a well-known incident, which is also related here by Yisrael Mishklov. This incident he doesn't uh, report from first hand, but he heard it from another great uh, disciple of the Gra, Rav Menachem Mendel Mishklav, who was the Gra's foremost Tamid in Kabbalah. Rav Menachem Mendel Mishklav was present at this incident together with another rabbi. And the story is that the Grah, when he completed composing his Perush on Shira Shirin, was extremely elated. And he asked the few people there, close all the shutters. I have a very private thing to do now. And he asked that candles be lit. And there was a festive atmosphere. The gra, with great veikut, gave praise to Akarish Baruch Hu, that he gave him this schut to learn Torah so thoroughly and completely. The gra, in this incident, said many, many inter- interesting things, which now we won't go into. But one thing which he says, Amar ki Baruch Hashem, Kola Tora Kulashinit Nabasinai Yid Yadal Takhita I completely know all the Torah was given on Sinai. In other words the Torah Shidtav Fakohamivin Uchtuvim Vehamishnayot Vetorashidape Hech Gnuzimba I'll get back to this Heknuzimba in a moment. Volonish Alo Shumsafek Bezahalakh the Sugya Bholatora Late Ziknut. Right now in his old age, he had no stakehold in anything. There's no question which was unanswered in his mind. In other words, all the Kabbalistic writings. He knew the proper Gislaot. The Kitzur, the, the Gra, had the feeling, and he transmitted this feeling that he knew everything totally. And I say again. That the importance of this was that people got the feeling that there is and that that there is veracity, that the answers are all there. And even if we don't know them at the moment, so that's our problem because of our limited understanding, we're not able to know all the answers. But here, you see, the Gra knew all the answers. There's one point here which the Gra mentioned, which I said I'd get back to. The Gra said during that great festive occasion. That he knew all the Mishnayot, the Torah Shabalpeh, hech g'nu zimba. He knew how all the Mishnayot and all the Torah Bape are hidden away in the Torah Shabikhtav. A similar statement is made later on by Yisrael, Rabbi Yisrael Mishklov, further on in his introduction, the aforementioned introduction, he knew every Mishnah in the Shishah Mishnah. He knew where it can be found, where it is alluded to, where it is hinted at in the Torah Shadikhtav. This was a major theme in the thought, the approach, the philosophy, and in the Talmudic learning practice of the Vilna To show everything, where it comes from. Where is the source of it? Every law, every din, every halacha, and me, very many minhagim. What are the sources? The idea of pointing out the source of every of every single Mishnah, even Mishnayot, which the doesn't say about the This also ties in with the idea of the demonstration of the great veracity, the of Torah. Nothing here is by chance. Everything fits in. Everything has its source. The extent to which the Vilna Gaon was preoccupied with this idea, we all know from, for example, the 'er Be'er on the Shulchan Aruch, which is actually a work which takes every paragraph in the Shulchan Aruch and shows where it comes from. Of course, the question arises, didn't the Beit Yosef do the same thing? The answer is no not to the same extent, not in the same way which the Vilnagon did. Perhaps at a later, po- a later point we'll be able to point out the difference. But for the moment, we'll just suffice ourselves with the comment that this was a major theme in the learning and the practice and the teaching of the Vilnagon. In, in our next session, we will turn to another portrayal of the Vilnagon, given to us by his who, the, one, who, the one who is considered his preeminent Talmud, that is and in his portrayal of the Vulnagon, we find a great expansion and elaboration upon the theme which I just mentioned, the importance of pointing out the source of every single detail in Torah. And the second thing which distinguishes Rupayim Velovin's portrayal of his teacher is his portrayal of the Graz Kabbalistic persona. From this point we'll we'll begin in our next session.